Welcome to the NASCAR DFS Strategy Show right here on AwesomeO.com. Happy Halloween to everyone out there. Hopefully you're having a, a good day. I don't know if we're going to have many trick-or-treaters no matter where you live. We'll just have to wait and see. I did definitely go out and uh, buy myself some candy just in case, but uh, the rule in my house is you only buy candy of candy that you're going to eat. So uh, looking forward to it. But of course, uh, we're here to break down the Xfinity 500. Phil, uh, happy Halloween, man. How you doing? Great, man. Um, believe me, once I get home from church tonight, that porch light will stay off. Nobody's coming around. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I definitely don't know. You know, so I just, uh, you know, I, I went out and bought some candy just, just in case. And, uh, you know, here here at the house, we have what we call the evil corner, which is uh, just a bunch of candy that we have there. But, of course, uh, you know, we're, we're here to break this one down for you, of course. Uh, if you do have any questions on the race, uh, hit those up right now, it, whether it's in our premium channel on Slack, the NASCAR channel, here on YouTube, uh, Twitter as well. I will check my, my Twitter uh, mentions as well throughout the show. So uh, plenty of ways to interact with here on the show. Uh, but, uh, you know, first off, let's talk about the, the playoff standings and uh, kind of where we sit heading into this race. Yeah, well, you know, it took 72 hours, but we finally concluded the, the race at, at Texas. And, I mean, if we would have had a few more laps, I truly believe that Martin Truex probably would have passed Kyle Busch. And, I mean, everybody, I got to apologize for that last week. As much as I love a narrative, I completely missed the fact that Kyle Busch had a Skittles paint scheme. If I would have realized that, then I probably would have just been banging the banging the drum for Kyle Busch. And of course, he goes on and he leads laps and he and he wins. I mean, it's just something about Kyle and the Skittles uh, rap. He he does he does amazing. But you know that's not the point. Truex nearly got there, and if Truex would have won, that would have really flipped the script of where we're looking at, at in the playoffs because that would have locked Truex in mm-hmm. along with Logano. But where we stand right now, it's Logano's the only guy who's got his spot cemented in then it's kevin harvick who's 42 points above the the cutoff um harvick's really not in a lot of danger of losing losing his spot like he would have to just absolutely wreck out um and then one of like bowman elliott truex or kurt bush would would uh, would have to would have to win it'd be really weird circumstances stuff that we're not expecting and then below Harvick by 15 points is Denny Hamlin, 27 points to the good. And then two points below him is Brad Keselowski in that final spot, 25 points to the to the good. On the flip side of that, you've got Bowman trailing by 25, Chase Elliott trailing by 25, Truex trailing by 36, and then Bush trailing by 81. So just think of it this way. Basically, Bowman, Elliott, Truex, and Kurt Busch, they're all on the spot where they have to have to win this weekend mm-hmm. Truex, we could see that i can kind of see that same thing from elliot bowman and bush it really doesn't it really doesn't seem that that likely mm-hmm. and something else that we have to watch during during the race is if Truex, who starts second and we're going to talk about his merits late later on the same thing for elliot if one of these guys wins and hamlin is just like three spots behind Keselowski then despite these seven wins that Hamlin has had throughout this season and probably being the second best driver Hamlin's going to miss the championship so it's there's a lot of a lot of moving scenarios that are definitely going to be going on tomorrow in the race yeah and of course what we'll get into that is uh you know I was looking at uh, Mark Trucks Jr.'s ownership on on DK and uh, obviously people are, are really liking him on DK we'll talk about that here uh you know momentarily but uh let's talk a little bit about roster construction first off uh, let's talk a little bit about roster constructions in terms of GPP. 
Okay. Um, we're going from the 327 laps that we saw last weekend at, at Texas to a 500 mile, 500 lap race, excuse me, 500 lap race here at Martinsville. So, you know, we are nearly, we're, we're adding in almost 200 more laps. Thus the, the, the dominator points on DraftKings just substantially increase that much, that much more. Um, we're probably looking at in, in tournaments, the majority of your lineups are going to three are going to be three dominator builds. Um, if this thing becomes a wreck fest, then you might even look to four dominator builds. But the problem is on DraftKings and on FanDuel, it's tough. Like it is tough to get, it's tough to get in three. And if you're going to get in a fourth dominator, then you're looking at a cheaper guy in the 8k range that you're predicting to, to, to lead laps. If you're playing cash, then you're definitely looking at a two dominator build. And then there's some guys that we're going to talk about that definitely help fill in that floor for your, for your cash games. But I, I, I'm going to believe the majority of us at this point are just primarily playing uh, tournaments. So in that case, minimum of two baseline of three. And if you can find a way to finagle them in there uh, four at the, at the extreme, but I, I believe you're looking at two to three. Yeah, it's uh, I, I I would say this in NASCAR, I'm definitely more of a cash game player than I am GPP, <clears throat> especially on, on the you know you can find those contests on FanDuel or you can really you know kind of increase your bankroll you know in terms of those multipliers you know so I I definitely have found myself more as a cash gamer than than GPP, but uh, of course uh, we're here to break it down. You mentioned about how many dominators th- that we do need, and I know that. Uh, you know, you wrote about this over at awesomeo.com this week, uh, you, you, and you just mentioned there about the three dominators. So that that is something that uh, you know you have to take into in GPP. Could you only have two dominators and somehow you know come in and cash? Yeah, you you very you very well could. I mean, in this race last year, because of the package, it was a single dominator build in the spring and the fall race. Both the guys that led the led the most laps led uh, over or at near 450 of the 500 laps. They, they were just impossible to, uh, to, to, to get around. Like the, the, the dirty air coming off of these guys, it was, it was impossible to, to maneuver around. So last year's races were just single dominator builds for a 500 lap race, which it, it seems preposterous, mm-hmm. but I, I think there is scenario where you could, where you could look at just going with, with two and then, um, building building with value around those guys so that you don't have to double punt. Yeah, and, and we'll, we'll get into some of those dominators as, as we do go on. Of course, we do break these down in the tiers, four different tiers. Tiers one, it will be the 11K and 10K drivers on DraftKings, then nine and eight will be tier two and so on and so forth. And uh, can't wait to uh, get uh, Phil's uh, thought process on the ownership that we're seeing on Joey Gase and Quinn Hoff later on in the show. I have imagined that's going to be uh, an interesting conversation to to have there. But, uh, you know, let, let's get right into tier number one. So these are the drivers who are in the 11K and 10K range on DraftKings. So we have Martin Truex Jr. who's starting second. He's 11,800 on DK. Over on FanDuel, he's 13.5. Brad Kozlowski on the pole. He's 11,400 on DK, 13,000 on FanDuel. Then we got Kevin Harvick starting six at 11,000 on DK, 12,7 on FanDuel. 
Ryan Blaney, who you talked a lot about last week, uh, he's starting 10th. He's at 10-7 on DK, 11-6 on FanDuel. Chase Elliott starting 8th, 10-4 on DK, 12-3 on FanDuel. And then Denny Hamlin, who you mentioned a little bit there a second ago, he's 10-2 on DK, 13-2 on FanDuel. I guess uh, guess we got to start off with Martin Truex Jr., the most expensive driver on DK for this week at uh, 11,800, getting close to 60% ownership in our projections right now on DraftKings. Uh, I guess, uh, first off, your thoughts on just that ownership projection that we're seeing right now. I, I really do not know what to, what to, to make of that. Cause it's just to, just to peel the, the, the lid off of this. We've got Truex at, like you said, nearly 60% ownership on DraftKings tomorrow. Brett Keselowski coming in under 30%. So it looks like in the either or toss up that people aren't making this a, a decision of, okay, I'm going to just stack the stack the front row and go on from there that the majority of people are saying, okay, I'm either going to go Truex or I'm going to go Brad. And the people are looking at the guy that's won this race for, uh, for the last two times, the, the June event, and then this race last year. So, I mean, we always talk about ownership that that's probably your, your, your biggest, your biggest decision is what you're going to, what you're going to do with the, with the, uh, the front row. So let's talk about these, these merits. Like if you're going to just make the decision of, I'm going to play one, uh, one of these, these two. So like we said, Martin, your most expensive guy, um, back-to-back winner in, in this race, do we see him basically repeating what he's, what he's done? And for me, the answer is, is no. Um, in the, in the June race, he did not have the, have the best car. I mean, he had a great setup and eventually he got to the, got to the front, but then for those final 130 laps or so that he led, he just took advantage of, 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 uh, of clean air and it worked out that there was really only one caution during that time that that he led. So you know he didn't have to worry about the about the pack getting jumbled back up together and then him having to fight off somebody. You know, basically here at Martinsville, you will see that people that lead laps they lead them in chunks. So Martin was able to take advantage of that. And you know, once he got to once he got to the front, it just wasn't it just wasn't a factor. Um, the main thing for me, and of course, if you look at Truex's short-term uh, history here since 2017, his worst finish is 16th. He's got two wins. He's got um, a couple of other other top five finishes, but it's more about this package this year, and that's what the what the deciding factor is for me. Yes, he's won at Martinsville, but when you look at the combinations of Auto Club Speedway, New Hampshire, and Richmond. Head-to-head versus Keselowski. Keselowski has hands down been the been the better driver. You average out those four races that I just talked about. Truex has an average finish of tenth compared to Keselowski's fourth. Yes, Truex has has that win at Martinsville, but Keselowski has two wins. But here's the here's the major thing: those average laps led thirty five point eight in those four races for. For Truex, 115.8 for Keselowski. Keselowski has continually kept finding his way to the front, sitting on the lead and defending that lead in in these races. Like the what whatever it is that him and his crew chief are scheming up setup wise, it has continued to work, and I foresee that continuing this week. Um, 
And, you know, teams are a little bit behind the eight ball because of just how long it took them to mm-hmm. finish this race. So, you know, what, what the crew chiefs have decided to do in their short term, getting back to the shops and then heading to heading back to Virginia for this race, it's going to matter so much. And race notes from a hot night race in, in June versus a day race in late well you know it's going to be the very first of very first of november i don't think those race notes are going to matter all all of uh, all of that much so i think this is going to be more a question of what have what have these drivers been doing in this package this year versus the the martinsville races as a as a conglomerate and when it's that deciding factor i'm looking at kozlowski way much more than i am truex I mean, I know we got a question, and I think we'll kind of get more into this later on the show, but in terms of, you know, between Martin and Brad, of would you say that, you know, if you're saying, you know, give me the top two favorites to win this race, that they would be your one-two? Actually, I I think that if you're just talking about straight favorites for this for this race, it's going to be it's going to be Keselowski, and then I'm probably looking at his Penske teammate, Joey Logano, who has been just mm-hmm. as equally good here, but he doesn't have the starting position that Keselowski has this week. Yeah, well, we'll talk about Joey Logano because I know there was a question in chat about him, but I uh, do want to let you know about a promo we got going on over at awesomeo.com as today is the last day to take advantage of this deal. Use a promo code PUMPKIN to get an Awesome Plus weekly pass for only $10 and 31 cents. That's nearly $20 off the original price. The package does include full access to all of our Osmo Plus features, including player projections, ownership projections, our premium Slack channel, lineup builder, and much more. This offer is valid through today, Halloween. And of course, uh, on on that premium Slack channel, myself and, and Phil will be in there. Phil will be there on the NASCAR side. I'll be there today on the MMA side of things, you know, talking to you as the, the fights go on, of course. Coming up after us at 1.30 uh, p.m. Eastern Time, it'll be on the contrary. They'll get you ready for tomorrow's NFL action. And then at 2.30, myself and Pete Rogers Jr. will be on for MMA Live Before Lock. So keep it here all day long here at awesomeo.com and all weekend long. Of course, be sure to hit that thumbs up button right here on YouTube. Also, if you're not subscribed to the channel, hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell. Gonna let you know about a giveaway that we got going on when you do subscribe to Awesomeo here on YouTube. Uh, now, looking at the rest of the tier one here, so we got Harvick, Blaney, Chase Elliott, and Denny Hamlin. Uh, which one of these guys uh, piques your interest the most out of those four? It's weird, but I'm 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 really not giving any credence to to Harvick. He's he's priced up at 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 11k. Um, if you look at his recent history here at at a, at Martinsville, all the different variations of the of the packages that they've run, he somehow led zero laps. It is it, it's crazy that that him and Childers haven't figured out how to get him to the to the front or you know just whatever whatever strategy. But his best finish is a is a couple of fifth place finishes. But I mean, he it looks like. If you if you play Harvick at twelve seven on FanDuel or eleven K on on DraftKings, that you are paying premium for a guy that's probably going to get you a fifth to to a tenth place finish with you know maybe some fastest laps in there, and probably not any laps led. And I mean that's that's definitely a place that I'm not I'm not looking to go. Um, the interesting guy once again is Ryan Blaney. 
Blaney starts tenth, so he's a, he's a he, he's a little bit further back. But the the interesting thing with with Blaney is that in whatever variation of this package that they've been running the last couple of years, he's been really good. He finds his way to the front. Um, you know, if you wanted to use that that weird uh, June uh, race as a, as a corollary, you know, he, he he and Brad both found their way a, a lap down because of just some weird shenanigans going on early in that race. But they fought their way back, and they both and they they both uh, led later on into the into the the second and the third uh, segment. His finishes second, fifth, fourth. He got a twentieth in there, and then third, eighth. And then a 25th back in the in the spring race of 2017. So I mean, you are looking probably at a guy with a with a top five finish. Now he is obviously priced up this week, but he I mean he's a guy that you have to give credence to as a as a uh, as a dominator. Um, go back here to the to the ownership. A guy I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spill the beans on this, but the the number that's surprised me is what Hamlin is sitting at right now and as part of as part of the Joe Joe Gibbs I mean Joe Gibbs drivers at short tracks they generally do do pretty pretty well and I think that you probably do want some exposure to to, to Hamlin especially as you know I, I talked about before he's in a position where he can't really rest on his laurels especially if one of these outlier guys were to go on and 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 when the when the race but in this short track package, the guy that has seven wins this this season, the, these four races, Hamlin only has one top ten finish. So he's a. He, it's weird that him him and Harvick have both kind of struggled to get this seven hundred and fifty horsepower package at the the one mile to 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 half mile flatter flatter venues under under their belt. Yeah, it's uh. You know, as as I look at this this top tier, um, you know, I, I I guess I look at Blaney a little bit, just point differential too. Starting at tenth, he he's the lowest starter uh, in in terms of these three, so that that one, uh, you know, does kind of stick out to me. And of course, uh, if you do want to, to see exactly what our ownership projections, all you gotta do right there, you see it on the left hand side of the screen. Hit that promo code pumpkin at at awesome.com slash join to get a awesome plus weekly pass for ten dollars and thirty one cents. Also. I did mention about when you're in that premium cycle. Also, gets you uh, Phil puts a race sheets in there, so you can take advantage and get all Phil's information right there. Uh, of course, uh, if you do have any questions, line those up right now here over on YouTube or on Slack. Uh, Phil, let's move on to tier number two. Uh, this tier, uh, not as many drivers as we typically see in this tier, but uh, we got Joe Lugano starting seventh, Kyle Busch starting ninth, Jimmy Johnson twenty seventh. Definitely want to get into him there. Eric Jones starting 19th, Alex Bowman starting third. We can talk about the pricing on him in, in relation to the two sites. Kurt Busch starting fifth, Clint Boyer starting 16th, and Eric Amarola is starting 20th. I want uh, Let's talk a little bit about, about Joey Logano because uh, Wyatt asked this question. He goes, how do you see Joey Logano doing tomorrow? He's already locked in. However, he was really fast in June. Do you see him going for the win? It, it's... It's illegal for these drivers to try to benefit their benefit their their teammates. Like Logano could be in the lead and then just kind of mysteriously get his foot off the gas and then allow Brad to to to, to pass him. I mean, NASCAR has these 
has these rules and if they if they even suspect that you're that you're trying to finagle things in order to, to benefit a teammate they will they will call you to the carpet they will dock you dock you points and they'll they'll remove you from from the from the championship so um that that being said i had my concerns about just what the focus of the of the 22 team logano was going to be last week because they've got their spot locked in i mean logano was competitive all 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 last week and i don't see a reason why he wouldn't be this week i talked about you know logano is probably my second my second favorite besides brad look at logano these four races in the, in this package he's the only driver that can boast a top boast a top five finish in each of these each of these races uh behind brad he's averaging the second most laps led at 80 84.8 he has just been phenomenal in this package uh this year you look at what he's done at the at this venue over the last seven races you know, he's got a 19th and 24th everything else is practically a practically a top five finish mm -hmm. he's got the win back in uh, the fall race of 2018 and unlike brad and truex who have a race with over 450 laps led that is just you know significant significantly skewing their averages logano doesn't have one of those races in his in his back pocket but he's still averaging the third most laps led over the set last seven races with 86.9 so i mean it's a combination of good track history running really well in the in this package and plus for logano he's got nothing left to to lose i mean if he wants to go all out trying to trying to get this victory it's not going to affect him going into going into phoenix so i really like joey this weekend you know one of the questions i always get on, on mma shows that i do here is they'll say you know cash core you know who, who's the kind of those core that you're putting in your cash lines would you say joey logano is a cash core for you this week yeah you know you can build a and a DraftKings don't strike strike me dead for for giving away too much of a lineup here. But I mean, you can go the front row, you can go Jimmy Johnson, and then you can add in some uh, some lower tier place differential guys. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you're probably going to have to to punt once. But I mean, it it all makes it it all makes it work together. But I sure like it a whole lot better instead of paying eleven eight. For Truex, who I really don't feel that strong about, mm -hmm. saving nearly two thousand dollars by playing Logano in, instead, and that way I'm not having to debate the merits of Quinn Half versus Garrett Smithley versus Joey Gaze versus JJ Yaley for my final spot in in, in cash on DraftKings. Yeah, hey, your, your favorite drivers. You, you love rostering those guys. I've, um, I've got a die, I've got a diecast of Quinn Half. What am I talking about? <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, Jimmy Johnson, you mentioned him here there a second ago. He's starting 27th, uh, 9,300 on DK, 9,700 on FanDuel. We got this question, uh, in relation to him, it goes, do you think that Jimmy Johnson can make his way all the way through the field and compete for a top 10? Seems like bad luck has always been finding him a lot. Oh yeah. I mean, if, if we're talking, talking about if i didn't have any bad luck i would not have any luck whatsoever that has been jimmy johnson's story of late his his finishes have gone 36th at texas 31st at kansas and then a 13th at the at the roval but then a 29th at Tal at talladega so i mean three out of the last four races it is just it has just not been been good but um jimmy he's he's got place differential that that's the, that's the main thing i mean 
in this area, you're trying to debate the merits of a second, third, or fourth dominator, and you've got, you've got these guys in this area. I mean, Jimmy's just the he's the easy play because of that of that place differential. And you look at what he's done here at at Martinsville. This is a, a track he's won at multiple times um, over the last three years. He hasn't won here, but I mean, he's basically been a tenth to a twelfth place. Uh, uh, driver, his average running position has been has been fourteenth. So, if we're just going to say that things standard standardized this this weekend for for Jimmy, then he's going to probably pick you up fourteen to to fifteen spots, and paying that at the both of those both of those salaries on Fanduel and DraftKings. I mean that that works in cash. I think yeah. Jimmy is ju- Jimmy is just the easy play in cash this week. Yeah, when I was putting together our sheet for the show last night, you know, right when I, I looked at him you know, at starting 27th, I was like, man, that, that's got to be a guy you look at. I mean, because when you look at in this tier, you know, he has the, he's the, the driver that's the farthest back. The next closest would be Eric Amarillo at 20th, Eric Jones at, at 19th. If you're comparing those three, would you would Jimmy Johnson be your number one target in terms of if you, you say, hey, you got to roster one of these three? Is Jimmy Johnson number one? Yeah, I, I I think I think so. And I mean, there, there's even the uh, the the debate to be had in in tournaments when you're in this when you're in this area about okay, Jimmy's got the place differential, which gives him the gives him the safest floor because of that place differential plus a finishing position. Does he outscore these guys like Logano, like Kyle Busch, like Eric Jones? And, you know, Eric Jones, I'm not, I'm not that high on this, this week. So, I mean, it's really more a discussion about Logano and Kyle and can Jimmy with his place differential in his finishing position outscore Logano and Kyle who are so far up that they need dominator, dominator points in this, in this case to outscore Jimmy. Uh, Another question. This is, this is more of a general question about this race says, uh, Phil, do you see this being a fairly green race or do you suspect we'll see a lot of cautions? I know that's hard to project, but curious what you think. It's supposed to be 60 ish. I think maybe over overcast tomorrow. So there should be a fair, a fair amount of a fair amount of grip. I think that it's, you know, you're probably looking somewhere in the neighborhood of with the stage breaks somewhere like seven to eight cautions. So it's not going to be like over, overly, overly aggressive, but I mean, crap, every time that I've thought we were going to see a, see a green race, these guys lose their absolute minds early, early in the, in the event. Um, If you watched the truck race last night, it was, it was, it was a wreck fest. I mean, these guys were spinning out each other every time they went into a corner. I believe that 88 of the 200 laps were finished under, uh, finished under caution. So, I mean, they barely got half a race under, under green flag, uh, conditions. And that's one of the other tough things about this, about this track is that if you have a caution, it's going to take probably five to six laps to get whatever is on the track, off the track, reset the field. And then you've got to add another lap onto there for the field to set itself out when they come to the, to, to the, uh, the, the, the choose cone as, as we call it. Mm-hmm. So you could be looking at a, at a scenario where there are a bunch of, of uh, yellow, yellow flag laps. And if that's the case, then that definitely leads credence to just going with two dominators. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, you mentioned a little bit about Alex Bowman starting third, uh, eight eighty-seven hundred on DK, but ten three over on Fanduel. Do you prefer him on one side over the other? Yeah, you know, starting third Bowman is a is a definite hard sell for for me this mm-hmm. this weekend. Like I could make the case at Kansas, I can make the case at Texas, but this is the sort of track that really doesn't suit him. Um, it plays in his favor that Hendrick has continued to show up here at Martinsville with, uh, with significant, significant speed. Like it's been Hendrick and it's been, um, it's been Penske at this, at this track generally that has shown the, shown the most speed. So hopefully that translates into his production. But if you look at his, at his career, he's been definitely much more of an intermediate track driver than he has been at these, at these short venues. And you know, he's got a couple of top 10, top 10 finishes but starting third you know there's just so much more room for him to to lose than to than to gain and i i don't really see him as a legitimate threat either Mm -hmm. to to lead laps unless there's something really screwy that they do with with pit strategy in order to try to get bowman a, a win like if you're doing 150 max then yes i would consider having some bowman but if you're just doing simple 20 max then he's probably out of your pool uh, I think the only uh, driver in the this tier we haven't talked about will be Clint Boyer, who's starting 16th, 8,300 on DK, and 10,000 over on FanDuel. Boyer is an interesting uh, discussion. Kind of similar temperature circumstances back in 2018. He ended up uh, w- winning this race. Him and Blaney were the top two uh, lap leaders that uh, that day it was a really weird interesting um day for like if you were just if you were pivoting off of off of everything that was that was highly owned then you were in the in the money that day um Boyer starts 16th he gets you place differential he's got good he's got good track history here um he's a I don't think that he's cash he's cash viable like if you're in that area and you need a cash play, I would go down to Eric Almarola, who's mm-hmm. been just as good here, but has a little more uh, place differential to, uh, to to gain you. Yeah, it's uh you know, but I, I think uh, you know, I feel like Jimmy Johnson's going to be uh, a core play for a lot of people, particularly in cash. You know, look at ownership. I mean, you know, I think there's some value there in terms of uh, GPP. So as I mentioned, if you uh, want to get access to our ownership, you got to sign up for that Osmo Plus. Weekly pass right now. We got a deal going on. We use the promo code pumpkin, $10 and 31 cents. All you got to do is use that promo code pumpkin. Now let's move on to tier number three. And uh, I think it's, it seems like about every week, the guy that is at the top of this tier every week is Tyler Reddick. And, and once again, he's the top of this tier at 7,900 on DK 8,300 over on Fandle. He starts 17th. Uh, you mentioned about, uh, I know you wrote about uh, Matty D starting 12th. 7,000 on, on DraftKings, 9,000 on FanDuel. So I guess uh, let's start off with Matty D and, and kind of why you like him uh, here. Yeah, and uh, Matt is definitely a, a just like a DraftKings play this week. At 9,000, he's overpriced for, for, for FanDuel. But at 7K, you know, basically what you, what you need this week besides your dominators is you need guys that are going to get you a top, top 10 finish. You need them to stay on the lead lap, you know, because if they get if they get caught a lap down, then it just increases the likelihood that they're going to get lapped again, and they just continue to tumble down the uh, tumble down the the grid. But starting twelfth, Matt 
should be re- relatively relatively safe. I mean, you look at everybody in this uh, in, in this tier, except for William Byron. Well, actually, yeah, he he's got the best average finish in in these four corollary races than than everybody else in this tier and below. He's got an average finish of of eleventh. He's got two top ten finishes, three top three top fifteen finishes. So, like, I'm not overly excited about Matt. Like, he could very well finish where he where he start where he starts, but it's just the the prospect that you're getting him as good as he's been on short tracks, starting where he's at the Penske Corollary. He's a guy that I I really I really like in, in tournaments as a finishing position play. Of course, uh, this is the NASCAR DFS strategy show right here at awesomeo.com. Of course, uh, coming up after us at 1.30 will be on the contrary. They'll get you ready for tomorrow's NFL action. It's a it's a rare Sunday off for me as the Bucks play on Monday night. So uh, I get to kind of sit back and enjoy a, a nice Sunday off. Of course, we got the race here as well. Of course, uh, if you ever do miss this show live, it is a part of the Awesomeo podcast network. All you got to do is go to awesomeo.com. And uh, get, you know, go onto the also podcast network and get the links to where you can listen to the show on demand, or maybe uh, maybe you, you watch us live and the, but then you want to kind of go back. You can uh, ch- if you just want to get the audio version of the show, it o- is there on the Osmo Podcast Network. Uh, William Byron starting thirteenth, seventy seven hundred ninety eight uh, hundred on Fanduel. Uh, Matt Kenseth starting thirty first, uh, seventy five hundred on DK, sixty eight hundred on there. Let's, let's, in terms of uh, Matt Kenseth. And obviously, there, there's some point differential potentially there. Potential, I guess, is potentially not the best word to, uh, to to say. Yeah, and God, the it wasn't two laps after we finally started racing again Wednesday that Matt got turned by Denny Hamlin and went straight into William, Bi- not William Byron, but Bub- Bubba Wallace. Which, I mean, as soon as that happened, my my day was over, and I was just watching the race for 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 kicks and giggles, but. Matt is really, he's in an odd position. Like he's, he's racing at the end of his, what should be the end of his career, like Jimmy Johnson. And he's just, he's closing it out as about as horrible as he, as he could. Um, I mean, fine, Matt. Yeah. His last three finishes have gone 39th, 40th and 34th. I mean, it's, this is not the going out party that Matt Kenseth has, has wanted, but we're returning to Martinsville, a track that he has done pretty well at like if you look at the super sheet you're gonna and look at Matt Kenseth's uh last few finishes here at uh, at Martinsville they're not that impressive you've got 23rd in the June race you go back uh, a couple years ago when he was filling in for Trevor Bain he finished 23rd but if you go beyond that when he was still a full-time driver for JGR you find Matt here yeah you had um, a couple of a couple of top 10 fin uh, top 10 finishes. So this is a question of how good is Matt still? And can he pick up place differential? I think that even though he's, he's priced up, he's 7,500 on, on draft draft Kings. But I think that like, if you're in this range and the, the same thing goes for Bubba, if you're in this range, because you're not stacking the front row plus, uh, plus Jimmy Johnson. So you've got the money to spend. You know, I like, that in cash i like bubba in cash if you're making a decision between the two i'm probably going to air with uh with bubba over the over those guys and then on on the flip side byron is your tournament pivot off of either of these guys uh 
last two races here, Byron's finishes have gone eighth and second. You've got the uh, Hendrick correlation with the with the speed. Byron's been running, you know, pretty pretty well here to uh, to close out the close out the season. He nearly won this race uh, last year in the in the fall. So Byron is kind of in that same situation for me that Matty D is, even though he's priced up a bit more. That he's a guy that should be able to hold on to the lead lap, hang around that that tenth to fifteenth position for the night. And then maybe towards the end of the end of the race that he'll find his way into the top ten. You know, uh, White asked a question: Can you trust Kenseth? Well, <laughs> every time I think, that I think caught, that's the answer. <laughs> that, yeah, and God, the, 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 I hate to say, it, but the ju- the pause of me having to think: Can I trust a guy driving the forty-two? I mean, this should not be a debate. This should be this should not be a debate about Kenseth and his skill, and this good of a car. But, God, the last three weeks, it, it has gone horrible, and you start to question these these decisions. That's why, I hate to say it, but I think that's why I say if it's 1v1 between him and Bubba, you're going with Bubba. Yeah. Right, actually, it was funny because someone actually asked that question of whether you would go Bubba uh, versus Kenseth. Uh, looking at some – and, of course, Bubba starts 32nd, uh, 7,200 on DK, 7,000 on FanDuel. Uh, you know, look at some other drivers uh, in this one. We got Austin Dillon starting 14th, 7,300, 8,000. Cole Custer starting 15th, 6,900 on DK, 7,200 on FanDuel. Christopher Bell starting 11th, he's 6,800 on DK, 7,300 on FanDuel. Chris Buescher starting 28th, 6,700 on DK, 6,600 on FanDuel. Ryan Newman's 21st, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., 18th. Michael McDowell, 24th. Uh, in terms of the rest of this tier, uh, is there one driver that kind of uh, would you say intrigues you more than others? Yeah, it's uh, it's Chris Busher. Out of all of these guys, you know, once you get into this the six K range on on DraftKings, Busher has the most place differential to gain. And you look at his at his history here, and this was back when he was racing for JTG Doherty. Uh, average finish of sixteenth over the past seven races. A bunch of eleventh, twelfth, thirteenth place finishes. And this goes back to the time that he spent with AJ Allmendinger. Um, you know, Dinger was always a driver that you would consider playing in the in the road races as a as a possible dominator. But sneakily, Martinsville was one of his best tracks. Like it, that was always the always the, the the cheap play. Whenever we came to this place, was just play Dinger because he was always going to end up picking twenty plus place differential spots and getting a getting a top ten finish. And we always see that whatever tracks Dinger did really well at, it transferred over to Busher. Like he was actively sharing setup and race notes with Busher and improving him along the way. So we see this at here at Martinsville. Busher became a pretty good driver considering the, the equipment that he that he's in. So we've got better we've got better equipment. The last race that they that we were here, we saw the finish uh, carry over with a 13th place finish. I think out of all of these guys, like Busher is the the guy in this area on DraftKings that I would make a priority to get into my lineup. Yeah, um, why says he goes? I like Chris Busher, but how do you like Ryan Newman? So Ryan Newman starting twenty first, sixty five hundred on DK, seventy six hundred on Fanduel. Newman, Newman's cash viable. Like 
in a one v one, you should definitely be going with with Busher. But like, if you've already got Busher in a lineup and you've got sixty five hundred left over, and you're debating the merits of Newman versus Stenhouse versus McDowell versus versus Dylan, I think I'm going to side with with Newman. He's uh, he's got good track history here. He's the kind of driver that you that you want that is going to make that car as as wide as the track itself and and block. You know he'll he should be able to 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 keep people behind him. The 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 thing that it kind of puts a bad taste in your mouth is if you look at the four corollary uh, races here. And of course, we only have three with with Newman because he missed the the, the Phoenix race, but his average finish is nineteenth. So mm-hmm. if we're going to average things out, the Newman's only getting you a couple a couple of spots. So if you play if you play Newman, then you're hoping that this is more a play on he knows this track really well and he can get himself another top fifteen finish. Uh, you know, a question we got about Bubba Wallace, and this is more about uh, heading into next year with obviously the change with him going over to the Jordan Hamlin team. Uh, James says, he goes, will Mike Wallace make a difference for Bubba next season? If it, if it doesn't, I I will be, I will be shocked. Mm -hmm. Like we have seen drivers leave this 43 team for greener pastures and do much better. And, you know, quite, quite frankly, RPM has been running on a shoestring budget the last couple of years. I mean, they, they basically had to move into uh, Richard Childress racing shop in order to take advantage of this uh, alliance alliance that they have, like whatever money's being invested by this guy that has the majority ownership and RP RPM, it's not getting, it's not getting funneled down to the, to the team per se and R and D. So the 43 has had to really heavily lean upon uh, Childress to make this a, a, a functioning team. And of course, when you're in a circumstance like that, it's going to affect your driver and, and their performance. So, you know, Jordan is talking about like, this is going to be a competitive team that is going to compete for, for a championship. Now, what that looks like as an alliance of, of Joe Gibbs, the you know last couple of alliances that we, that we've seen, uh, you know, the, the 95 hasn't been that great, but Truex in the 78 won a championship for Furniture Row as a Joe Gibbs alliance. So if we're getting Furniture Row type of alliance and investment from, from Jordan and, and Hamlin, then, I mean, Bubba, it, it, I don't want to set the bar too high for, for Bubba in his first year, but I will say that if he doesn't make the playoffs next year, it's mm-hmm. probably going to be a big disappointment. Yeah, and, and by the way, I should say Mike Wheeler, not Mike Wallace. Um, we got a, a question about: uh, Are you playing any? Uh, as the commenter says, Ricky Spinhouse. No, I like in, in this area. I mean, I can go up to to Busher, I can go up to to Newman per se, or I can go down to McDowell and and Dylan or John Hunter or Priest, or just keep just keep on going. I mean, Stent. Stenhouse is in a is in an area where I have I, I find guys that I like above him and below him that are safer plays because of place differential. This is a NASCAR DFS strategy show right here on awesome.com. Do want to let you know about a giveaway that we currently have going on. So we have a special YouTube subscriber giveaway running right now. And all you have to do is like the pin tweet on our Twitter account, which is at awesome underscore com. 
and subscribe to this channel. That's it. No guessing or anything. One random person who does both will be selected to win a free month of Awesome O Plus. It's that easy, so hit that subscribe button now and like the pinned tweet for your chance to win. Also, of course, every day at AwesomeO.com, we have free premium content. And today, the NFL Express Stack Tool and MMA Rankings are the free premium content over at AwesomeO.com. So check that out. Of course, be sure to hit that thumbs up button right here on YouTube. That does help us out a lot. Now let's look at uh, tier number four. And uh, before we actually kind of get it, I guess we can kind of get into the drivers here, but there was a question of who do we like or who do we like that's 6,100 and below who would be your two favorite drivers? So basically you're Michael McDowell and then everyone in tier four. So we got Ty Dillon, John Hunter Nemechek, Ryan Pierce, Corey LaJoy, who I know you wrote about this week, uh, Daniel Suarez, Garrett Smythley, JJ Yelly, Brandon Poole, Joey Davidson, Joey Gase, Quinn Hoff, Timmy Hill, and Josh Balecki. I think, like, if you're just looking for floor, it's probably Corey LaJoy at, 50, at 55. But if you're looking for a little bit of a ceiling, then it's, then it's probably uh, Ryan Priest starting starting 22nd at, at 5,600. And I think that'll probably be the easiest easiest pivot is just going from, from LaJoy to Priest in, in tournaments. And uh, I will tell you, not to not going to give away their exact uh, ownership, but uh, when it comes to punt plays, it is definitely Joey Gase and Quinn Hoff that are becoming punt plays for people. Uh, thoughts on them being punt plays? I, I get it. Gase starts dead last. He has nowhere else to <laughs> to go. Um, you know, instead of looking at the at the Martinsville numbers as a whole, probably with these punt plays, it's better to look at what they've done at the four corollary races. And interesting enough, Gase and Howe both have the exact same average finish of, of 33rd. But if you go up a little bit, you'll find J.J. Yaley, even though he's 300, 400 more, depending on which driver you're looking at, who starts 38th, but he's got an average finish of 30th. You've got Brennan Poole, who, because he starts 30th, there's a bit more bit more risk there, but he's got an average finish of, of 30th. So yeah. ownership says that Gase and Hauf are going to be the going to be the the chalk plays in this area. But I think I would, if you can find the salary, I would rather get up to get up to JJ Yaley. Mm-hmm. But I know you wrote a little bit this week about uh, Corey LaJoy in terms of point differential. Yeah, LaJoy is just kind of like the he's the safest guy mm-hmm. in in this tier. He's gonna pick up some some plays differential. You know, if you look at the four corollary races, his average finish is 27th over over those four races. So it's, it's nothing fantastic, but you look at his numbers here at Martinsville, two straight 18th place finishes. So hopefully there's, there's, there's more, there's more there, there when it comes to Martinsville, as far as his uh, short track uh, abilities are versus the, versus these other places. And I think there might there might be something to that. So, like, if you're playing cash and you're down in this area, the, the safest bet is to go with with Corey LaJoy. But you know, quite frankly, if you don't trust don't trust LaJoy, then I don't have a problem getting three extra place differential spots for a hundred dollars less with mm-hmm. Daniel Suarez. Uh, in terms of the rest of the drivers in this tier, is there uh, somebody that? Uh... 
we should be talking about that we haven't? Uh, you know, really, as far as the as far as the punt plays, the the the, the sad truth of it is. With what we're having to do with 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 dominators, you're going to have to play at least one punt. Like uh, unless you find some weird lineup construction on DraftKings that I just haven't played around with yet, you're going to have to have at least one punt. And especially if you're stacking a lot of these uh, first tier guys, you're probably going to have to double punt. Especially if you want to get away from from uh, from Corey LaJoy. So, like I say, these punt plays are never guys that you just want to. You focus a heavy swath of your ownership in, especially in 20 max or, or 150 max. So, you know, in the, in this area, you've got to, you've got to mix and match because we don't know which one of these guys is going to be the lucky one that continues to get a lap back or benefits from the benefits from the lucky dog, whenever, whenever it comes out and just kind of steadily picks up positions through throughout the night and ends up, you know, outscoring the the rest of the rest of these guys. Of course, uh, we'll, we'll get into uh, some listener questions here. So if you do have any questions, you can line those up right now, uh, whether that's on our premium Slack channel, the NASCAR channel, or whether it's here on YouTube. So be sure to uh, hit up those questions right now there uh, in, in the premium Slack channel. Of course, uh, we talked a, a lot about uh, this race here uh, over on um over Slack, uh, Hoodmaster chiming in. He says, I don't think I heard you talk about Kyle Busch earlier. Thoughts on him after winning a few days ago. Also, rank Logano, Kyle, JJ for DK GPP, and then rank him DK Cash. So, I guess first off, uh, we'll you know, talk about uh, Kyle Busch. Okay. Kyle is really interesting. You know, uh, the discussion that we generally have with, with, with Kyle is because there's no practice, he needs he needs laps to get information and make and make his car better and make himself better throughout the races. They make adjustments. Well, I mean there aren't going to be any more laps. The 500 laps is going to give him plenty of time to talk to his crew chief and tell him, hey, this is what we need to do throughout the throughout the race. And they've already got the benefit of how this how this track uh, raced and looked like back in in June. So I mean. There should be plenty of information for Kyle as he starts this starts this race to make him competitive. Plus, the monkey's off his back. He got that win last week. You know, we have to wonder since he got that pressure off of him to extend his win streak. You know, is that just going to be like the floodgates opening up and he's going to you know just race with race with abandon and continue to 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 be a good driver to to close out this uh, season? You look at his numbers. Before the uh, June race, which of course didn't run good because he didn't uh, he he didn't have uh, didn't have the benefit of practice and plus he he was part of that early early race shenanigans that was going on to put him a lap down he he never uh, uh, got back from from that problem but you look before that third fourth second first second. He is averaging the, four, the fourth most laps led out of everybody over the last seven seven races. He has been ex- exceptionally good here. So Kyle is a, a, a bet on track history and you know, maybe maybe a little bit of a, a little bit of narrative showing these guys that if he wouldn't have been so bad during the the second round of the playoffs, then he'd have his spot locked up in the championship and he'd be competing for a championship with these with these guys. 
And as far as ranking them for, for tournaments, I'm probably looking at Logano, Kyle Busch, Jimmy Johnson. But in cash, I think – let's just say that you've picked somebody from the from the front row and then you're mm-hmm. trying to get driver your, your second uh, driver in. I'm still going to go with Logano because I believe he's going to leave probably somewhere around 100 to 150 mm-hmm. laps tomorrow and then Jimmy and then Kyle. But then again, I don't know why you don't just play somebody from the front row with Logano, with Jimmy Johnson. Uh, next up, uh, asking them for your feelings on Christopher Bell, starting 11th, 6,800 on DK, 7,300 on FanDuel. Oh, in the June race, he were, he started 20th. Actually, no, he started – yeah, Christopher Bell ended up being bad chalk. He started 30, 32nd, and he finished 28th. Um, you look at what he's done in this this package, it looks a little bit better, but his the only race that he's really run well at, at was New Hampshire, and that was a track that we were expecting because of just how dominant he was in the Xfinity Series. I I just I don't want to trust uh, Christopher, Christopher Bell here. Remember, in the, the Xfinity Series, they do not race at Martinsville. In fact, uh, the race that's going to happen this afternoon, this is the first time the, the, that the Xfinity Series will have raced at Martinsville since 2007. So you know, this is just a place that they do not they do not come to. So for these rookie cup drivers, it's a whole new learning experience, and I'm going to bet that the learning curve is still going to be there for a guy like Bell. Uh, next up says, uh, so you think playing three dominators and playing two drivers 5,500 and below – could potentially be optimal yeah it it very it very well could uh could be but you know once again the 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 pump plays that you're that you're playing with you need them to get positive place differential and you know you you probably don't need like 10 spots out of them but like yeah it's there's a reason why their ownership is so high and gase and how are the two of the cheaper guys that you can possibly bank on to get you five to seven spots and of course so we appreciate everyone who tunes in here every saturday for the nascar dfs strategy show of course as i mentioned if you ever mentioned a show of course you can watch it on demand right here on youtube also it is available part of the awesome podcast network so that is going to do it for this edition of the nascar dfs strategy show of course me and phil will be back next week to get you ready for the nascar race (laughs) 